Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email, also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which email contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 10.50 or 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, with Section 5, Entering the Ark. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today it's Lesson 227. This is my holy instant of relief. And, yes, you know, since Fran is sending off a visiting relative this morning, we'll ask for a volunteer to lead us in that remembrance at the top of the hour. Okay. Well, um, Kat decided to come in. This is my one of my favorite parts, my favorite question of the morning. Lori, do you have an opening you can you know, share with us this morning? Oh, I sure do, Lemoyne. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful poem from Mary Oliver called The Gift. Be still, my soul, and steadfast. Earth and heaven both are still watching, though time is draining from the clock and your walk that was confident and quick has become slow. So be slow if you must, but let the heart still play its true part. Love still as you once loved, deeply and without patience. Let God and the world know you are grateful that the gift has been given. This is my holy instant of release. Amen. Oh, that was great. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> Thank you, Lori. That was lovely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. That was gorgeous. All right. Thanks, Lori. Um, yeah, you're welcome. 
so let's do the reading list here. With this in reading, I have Lori, Robin Marie, uh, Lana, and Judy. And uh, with this in listening, I have Jen and Ida. Is there anyone else who's joined the call who would like to say good morning and maybe join the reading list? morning. This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. Good morning. It's Harrison. I'm listening. Welcome, Harrison. All right. Here we go. I'll get us started with the reading for this morning, Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, Section 5, Entering the Ark. Nothing can hurt you unless you give it the power to do so. For you give power as the laws of the world interpret giving. As you give, you lose. It is not up to you to give power at all. Power is of God, given by Him and reawakened by the Holy Spirit, who knows that as you give, you gain. He gives no power to sin, and therefore it has none. Nor to its results as this world sees them, sickness and death and misery and pain. These things have not occurred because the Holy Spirit sees them not and gives no power to their seeming source. Thus would he keep you free of them. Being without illusion of what you are, the Holy Spirit merely gives everything to God, who has already given and received all that is true. The untrue, he has never, he has neither The untrue, he has neither received nor given. And Lori. Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, Section 5, Entering the Ark. Paragraph 28. Nothing can hurt you unless you give it power to do so. For you give powers, the laws of this world interpret giving. As you give, you lose. It is not up to you to give power at all. Power is of God, given by him, and reawakened by the Holy Spirit, who knows that as you give, you gain. He gives no power to sin, and therefore it has none, nor to its results, as this world sees them, sickness and death, misery and pain. These things have not occurred because the Holy Spirit sees them not and gives no power to their seeming source. Thus would he keep you free of them. Being without illusion of what you are, the Holy Spirit merely gives everything to God who has already given and received all that is true. The untrue he has neither seen nor given. 
paragraph 29. Sin has no place in heaven where its results are alien and can no more enter than can their source. And therein lies your need to see your brother sinless. In him is heaven. See sin in him instead and heaven is lost to you. But see him as he is and what is yours shines from him to you. Your Savior gives you only love. But what you would receive of him is up to you. It lies in him to overlook all your mistakes and therein lies his own salvation. And so it is with yours. Salvation is a lesson in giving as the Holy Spirit interprets it. It is the reawakening of the laws of God in minds that have established other laws and given them power to enforce what God created not. Thank you, Lori and Robin Marie. <clears throat> 29. Sin has no place in heaven where its results are alien and can no more enter and can their source. And therein lies your need to see your brother sinless. In him is heaven. See sin in him instead, and heaven is lost to you. But see him as he is, and what is yours shines from him to you. Your Savior gives you only love. But what you would receive of him is up to you. It lies in him to overlook all your mistakes, and therein lies his own salvation. And so it is with yours. Salvation is a lesson in giving, as the Holy Spirit interprets it. It is the reawakening of the laws of God in minds that have established other laws and given them power to enforce what God created not. 30. Your insane laws were made to guarantee that you would make mistakes and give them power over you by accepting their results as your just due. What could this be but madness? And is it this that you would see within your Savior from insanity? He is as free from this as you are. And in the freedom that you see in him, you see your own. For this you share. What God has given follows his laws and his alone. Nor is it possible for those who follow them to su suffer the results of any other source. Thank you, Robin Marie and Lana. Okay, 30. Your insane laws were made to guarantee that you would make mistakes and give them power over you by accepting their results as your just due. What could this be but madness? And it is this that you would see within your Savior, I'm sorry, and it is this that you would see within your Savior from insanity. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> That's supposed to be a question. Let me give it one more try. And is it this that you would see within your Savior from insanity? He is as free from this as you are. And in the freedom that you see in him, you see your own. For this you share. What God has given follows his laws and his alone. Nor is it possible for those who follow them to suffer the results of any other source. 31. Those who choose freedom will experience only its results. Their power is of God, and they will give it only to what God has given to share with them. Nothing but this can touch them, for they see only this, sharing their power according to the will of God. And thus, their freedom is established and maintained. It is upheld through all temptation to imprison and, and to be imprisoned. It is, of them who, it is of them who learn the freedom that you should ask what freedom is. Ask not the sparrow how the eagle soars. For those with little wings have not accepted for themselves the power to share with you. Thank you, Lana and Judy. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lemoyne. 31. Those who choose freedom will experience only its results. Their power is of God, and they will give it only to what God has given to share with them. Nothing but this can touch them, for they see only this, sharing their power according to the will of God, and thus their freedom is established and maintained. It is upheld through all temptation to imprison and to be imprisoned. It is of them who learned of freedom, that you should ask what freedom is. Ask not the sparrow how the eagle soars, for those with little wings have not accepted for themselves the power to share with you. 32. The sinless give as they received. See then the power of sinlessness within your brother, and share with him the power of release from sin you offered him. To each who walks this earth in seeming solitude is a Savior given, whose special function here is to release him and so to free himself. In the world of separation, each is appointed separately, though they are all the same. Yet those who know that they are all the same need not salvation, and each one finds his Savior when he is ready to look upon the face of Christ and see him sinless. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And Sandra. 
32. The sinless give as they received. See then the power of sinlessness within your brother and share with him the power of the release from sin you offered him. To each who walks this earth in seeming solitude is a savior given whose special function here is to release him and so to free himself. In the world of separation, each is appointed separately, though they are all the same. Yet those who know that they are all the same need not salvation. And each one finds his Savior when he is ready to look upon the face of Christ and see him sinless. 33. The plan is not of you, nor need you be concerned with anything except the part that has been given you to learn. For he who knows the rest will see to it without your help. But think not that he does not need your part to help him with the rest. For in your part lies all of it, without which is no part complete, nor is the whole completed without your part. The Ark of Peace is entered two by two, yet the beginning of another world goes with them. Each holy relationship must enter here to learn its special function in the Holy Spirit's plan, now that it shares his purpose. And as this purpose is fulfilled, a new world rises in which sin can enter not, and where the Son of God can enter without fear, and where he rests a while to forget, his, to forget imprisonment and to remember freedom. How can he enter to rest and to remember without you? Except you be there, he is not complete. And it is his completion that he remembers there. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for 33 and 34? I can read. This is Jennifer. Great. Please go ahead, Jennifer. Okay. All right. 33. The plan is not of you, nor do you be concerned with anything except the part that has been given you to learn. For he who knows, the rest will see to it without your help. But think not that he does not need your part to help him with the rest. For in your part lies all of it, without which is no part complete, nor is the whole completed without your part. (laughs) The Ark of Peace is entered two by two, yet the beginning of another world goes with them. Each holy relationship must enter here to learn its special function in the Holy Spirit's plan, now that it shares his purpose. And as this purpose is fulfilled, a new world rises in which sin can enter not, and where the Son of God can enter without fear. 
and where he rests a while to forget imprisonment and to remember freedom. How can he enter to rest and to remember without you? Except you be there, he's not complete. And it is his completion that he remembers there. 34. This is the purpose given you. Think not that your forgiveness of each other, others serves but you two alone. For the whole new world rests in the hands of every two who enter here to rest. And as they rest, the face of Christ shines on them. And they remember the laws of God, forgetting all the rest and yearning only to have his laws perfectly fulfilled in them and all their brothers. Thank you when this has been achieved that you will rest without them. You could no more leave one of them outside then I can leave you and forget part of myself. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer. <clears throat> and is there a new reader for 34 and 35? A new reader for 34 and 35? I can read uh, the Oh, great. Please go ahead, Harrison. This is the purpose given you. Think not that your forgiveness of each other serves but you to alone. For the whole new world rests in the hands of every two. You enter here to rest, and as they rest, the face of Christ shines on them, and they remember the laws of God, forgetting all the rest, and yearning only to have his laws perfectly fulfilled in them and all their brothers. Thank you when this has been achieved that you will rest without them. You could no more leave one of them outside than I could leave you and forget part of myself. 35. You may wonder how you can be at peace when, while you are in time, there is so much that must be done before the way to peace is open. Perhaps this seems impossible to you. But ask yourself if it is impossible 
that God would have a plan for your salvation that does not work. Once you accept his plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else. The Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. Thank you, Harrison. And is there another new reader for 35 and 36? A new reader for 35 and 36? Okay, well then, back to you, Lori. Thirty-five. You may wonder how you can be at peace when, while you are in time, there is so much that must be done before the way to peace is open. Perhaps this seems impossible to you. But ask yourself, if it is possible that God would have a plan for your salvation that does not work. Once you accept his plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. 36. He will go before you, making straight your path and leaving in your way no stones to trip on and no obstacles to bar your way. Nothing you need will be denied you. Not one seeming difficulty will but melt away before you reach it. You need take thought for nothing, careless of everything except the only purpose that you would fulfill. As that was given you, so will its fulfillment be. God's guarantee will hold against all obstacles, for it rests on certainty and not contingency. It rests on you. What can be more certain than a son of God? Thank you, Lori. And Robin Marie. Thirty-six. He will go before you, making straight your path and leaving in your way no stones to trip on and no obstacles to bar your way. Nothing you need will be denied you, not one seeming difficulty, but will melt away before you reach it. You need take thought for nothing, careless of everything except the only purpose that you would fulfill. As that was given you, so will its fulfillment be. God's guarantee will hold against all obstacles, for it rests on certainty and not contingency. It rests on you. And what can be more certain than a son of God? Well, thank you, Brad and Marie, and uh, 
Thank you all who've read this morning, all are listening. I think I'll attempt a brief summary here for this section five, Entering the Ark. And to begin, nothing can hurt you unless you give it the power to do so. For you give power as the laws of this world interpret giving. As you give, you lose. This is, yet it is not up to you to give power at all. Power is of God, given by him, and reawakened by the Holy Spirit, who knows that as you give, you gain. Sin has no place in heaven where its results are alien and can no more enter than can their source. And therein lies your need to see your brother sinless. In him is heaven. Your insane laws were made to guarantee that you would make mistakes and give them power over you by accepting their results as your just due. And is it this that you would see within your Savior from insanity? He is as free from this as you are, and in the freedom you see in him, you see you are you see your own. For this you share. Those who choose freedom will experience only its results. The sinless give as they receive. See then the power of sinlessness within your brother and share with him the power of the release from sin you offered him. Okay, I'm just going to read this paragraph. <laughs> to each who walks this earth in seeming solitude is a Savior given, whose special function here is to release him and so to free himself. And in the world of separation, each is appointed separately, though they are all the same. Yet those who know they are all the same need not salvation. And each one finds his Savior when he is ready to look upon the face of Christ and see him sinless. The plan is not of you, nor need you be concerned with anything except the part that's been given you to learn. Yet in your part lies all of it, without which no part is complete, nor is the whole completed without your part. The Ark of Peace is entered two by two, yet the beginning of another world goes with them. Each holy relationship must enter here to learn its special function in the Holy Spirit's plan now that it shares his purpose. As this purpose is fulfilled, a new world arises in which sin can enter not and where the Son of God can enter without fear and where he rests a while to forget imprisonment, and to remember freedom. 
How can he enter to rest and remember without you? Except you be there, he is not complete. And it is his completion that he remembers there. This is the purpose given you. Think not that your forgiveness of each other serves but you two alone. As they rest, the face of Christ shines upon them, and they remember the laws of God, forgetting all the rest and yearning only to have his laws perfectly fulfilled in them and all their brothers. Think you, when this is achieved, that you will rest without them? You could no more leave one of them outside than I could leave you and forget part of myself. Once you accept his plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. He will go before you, making straight your path and leaving in your way no stones to trip on and no obstacles to bar your way. Nothing you need will be denied you. Not one seeming difficulty, but will melt away before you reach it. You need take thought for nothing, careless of everything, except the only purpose that you would fulfill. As that was given you, so will its fulfillment be. God's guarantee will hold against all obstacles, for it rests on certainty and not contingency. It rests on you. And what can be more certain than a son of God? Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Lord. Wow. Thanks, Lemoyne. Amen, Lemoyne. Well, I said I'd attempt to make it brief, but I could feel the pull to just read it all. (laughs) Okay. Great. We are at the top of the hour, and uh, it's time to review our lesson for the day. Lesson 227, this is my holy instant of relief. Is there someone who's willing to lead us in the remembrance with perhaps touching in on what is forgiveness? This is Sandra, I can. Great, thank you, Sandra. Please, please go ahead. Okay, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. An unforgiving thought is one which makes judgment, that is, that it will not raise to doubt, although it is not true. An unforgiving thought does many things. In frantic action, it pursues its goals, twisting and overturning what it sees as interfering with its chosen path. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. 
Do nothing then and let forgiveness show you what to do through him who is your guide, your savior and defender, strong in hope and certain of your ultimate success. This is my holy instant of release. Lesson 227. Father, it is today that I am free because my will is yours. I thought to make another will, yet nothing that I thought apart from you exists. And I am free because I was mistaken and did not affect my own reality at all by my illusions. Now I give them up and lay them down before the feet of truth be removed forever from my mind. This is my holy instant of release. Father, I know my will is one with yours. And so today we find our glad return to heaven, which we never really left. The Son of God this day lays down his dreams. The Son of God this day comes home again, released from sin and clad in holiness with his right mind restored to him at last. We'll take five minutes.
This is my holy instant of release. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Um, I'd like to comment on this. This holy instant of release from thinking I know what things are supposed to look like. When I release all my judgments of how I think things are supposed to be, I'm free, 100% free. Complete freedom is gained by accepting the limitations of the human experience, but not identifying with them. I give as I receive. If I receive other people's judgments of me, I can be at peace knowing my true identity, knowing that God, my creator, sees me perfect, whole, and complete, and I am released. I just want to read something from a book, Love Without Conditions. Your feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness create your fear of retribution. If you believe that there is something wrong with you or that you have done something wrong, you will be afraid of being punished. And if you are afraid of being punished, you will defend yourself against all imagined attacks. Whenever you feel that something is questioning your self-worth, you will be ready to pull the trigger. So I want release from that. I don't want to be triggered. (laughs) And in this holy instant, when I can embody and embrace the truth of who I am, I am as God created me. I define myself the way God defines me, not the way other people's judgments define me. And I am free. Free not to judge myself and not to judge others and to not have to know what's going on here. You know, this this egoic thing, I just want to know, just let me know something. When, when I turn my life and my will over to God, I don't have to know anything. I just have to be willing to turn everything over and be released in that moment in absolute trust and faith of the truth of who I am not the lies. I'm complete. That was great, Sandra. And I love your definition of freedom. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Sandra. That was truly lovely. Thank you, Sandra. 
Thank you, Sandra. This is Jennifer. It reminds me of when I, or my experience of what you're talking about in full is when I drop, drop the judgment of myself first, then the judgment I notice doesn't come back at me and my buttons aren't out there to be pushed. So I love how it's, it's up to me and in me um, for this to happen. Thank you. I pass. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. Good morning, Mindy. Just very briefly, I noticed that sometimes right before about the instant, the holy instant of release, like with my willingness to, to, to have the release, Sometimes something painful comes up. <laughs> oh my God! And then it's like my mind goes, "Oh no, you, no, 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 we're not having a release." But what it really is is simply the block to having the release coming up. And if I don't resist it, and I feel it, and let it wash over like a wave, and whatever thought comes up, um, I allow it to come up, and then I just let the Holy Spirit heal it with a better thought, better feeling, or back into the quiet. So I'm noticing that that sometimes before a release or sometimes before a breakthrough, there's the breakdown. And to just let go of resistance to the process and know that everything is working towards that release, that really makes it so much easier. I'm complete. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mindy. I definitely that is one of the one of the many senses <laughs> in which the line "your patience with your brother is your patience with yourself" is true. So, thank you. <laughs> yes, excellent. I must say, uh, this is Robin Marie. I just absolutely love um, the last sentence in 35 and 36 of our reading today. It was just so heartening to know and really know that when I fulfill what God has as my purpose, that he reveals to me that he will go before me making straight my path and he will be the one who who um just does all the thinking really <laughs> it's just so beautiful <laughs> oh god's guarantee will hold against all obstacles for it rests on certainty and not 
contingency. It rests on me. It rests on us. It rests on you. What can be more certain than a son of God? I love that. Love that paragraph. It's so awe-inspiring and heartening. So thank you, all of you, for being here, joining with me. Oh, thank you, Robin Marie. I share that with you. Thank you, thank Robin you. Marie. I, <laughs> I'm with you too. Thank you, Robin Marie, and everyone who's been sharing, and especially Sandra. Thank you, you guys. I can't quite remember. This is Robin Marie. I can't quite remember where it was in the word, like a tree standing by the waters, but that that came to mind when I thought about it rests on you. It's like I'm a tree and the roots are going deeper and deeper and deeper and nothing will move me. Nothing will move us from these, this uh, awareness that we are in God. And it's just such a wonderful feeling to know that it is this uh, awareness is getting stronger and stronger in us. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. This is Sandra again, really quickly. I, I, I just feel like I want to give thanks for these calls again because of the repetition Number one, I think I've been on these calls for seven seven or eight years. And the repetition is really important for my learning. Um, and so to keep reading this book over and over again is really important for my learning. Um, but also uh, putting principles above personalities. Because <laughs> there's a lot of different personalities on these meetings. 
And um, it's really an important, um, that's just really an important lesson to learn, is that personalities can can just make me crazy. <laughs> but I have to keep putting the principles of this, you know, of this is the group where I study and I get the repetition and I'm so appreciative. It's just really a good practice. I'm complete. Thank you. Reminder. And this is the morning. Oh, go ahead, Ida. Oh, okay, thanks. This is my holy instant of release. What am I being released from? From the body, from the ego, from fear, from the idea that I am separate and apart from everything else in the universe and everyone else. That's what I'm being released from. No wonder they call it my holy instant of release. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Hi, it's Lana. I'm sorry for the background noise. I'm out with the dogs <laughs> this morning. Uh, that 
last paragraph, I think it was 36, I mentioned it's one of my favorites. Um, I read it a lot because it sort of sums up for me and reminds me that I need to do nothing. And for me, that's the moment of my release. When I remember and recognize that of me, of this small little I called Lena, I can do nothing to change reality or whatever I've defined it to be. So in that, you know, it's just like reclining in a soft, overstuffed chair, you know, it's like a sigh. Ah, I need to do nothing. And in that moment of release, God kicks in and restores my peace. Um, so anyhow, that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. Thank you, Arla. Thank Um, Lori, did you want to share? Because if not, I wanted to read some more from this book, Love Without Conditions. Oh, well, thank you, Sandra. Um, just, you know, I'm having a very interesting morning today. Um, I find myself wordless, actually. And so uh, I went looking for that wordless state. And uh, I was reminded of a lesson, and it goes something like, we say God is, and then we seek to speak, because there is no part of mind sufficiently separate. Um, to, um, to articulate anything. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about... Um, the symbol of the ark, you know. I used to teach Sunday school. And it, was, it was a fun story to teach little kids about the ark and and all of the ways they got engaged with that story. But um, ark is a couple of things. It's as though it's something set apart, you know, in our symbology. We think of an ark as something set apart, a place of safety place of refuge, a place to hide uh, from danger. But in the Course of Miracles, um, ARC is a little bit different. It's like the more you invite people to join you on the ARC, the less there's an idea of danger or separation at all. And that's um, kind of the essence of today's reading, isn't it? So anyway, back to, I was thinking about this lesson, we say God is, and then we seek to speak. And so I did an interesting thing, like I always do, I type in a couple of search terms. I typed in God plus is. And uh, here's the happy thing that happened. 
there were so many returns. Uh, I can't even count how many returns um, the search tool gave me for the term God plus is. And it makes me really happy because um, here's another thing. When I was a little kid, I had a Sunday school Bible and all the words of Jesus were in red. And I just loved flipping through that Bible, reading the red words, you know. And what do we have here in this Course in Miracles except an entire book of red words, <laughs> you know? And the more I can, uh, the more I can accept the absolute truth, the more I realize uh, the holy instant we say God is, and that we seek to, we cease to speak, because there is no mind sufficiently separate uh, to find any words to talk about. That's one thing, but the other thing that's important is, as I said before, the more I invite uh, to the ark, the more complete I feel. The more um, the more love I experience in my heart. And so I share with you, Sandra, the great gratitude for, um, for this group. The most beautiful thing about it is that, um, well, I say most, there's too many beautiful things, but one thing strikes me today is that forgiveness is inherent in this group. There's no question that we all belong. Oh, sure, we're all different. But, you know, we're all just different distillations of the manifestation of God, doing doing what we can to um, experience life as both human and divine at the same time. And it does get better and better. What it can be more certain than the Son of God, you know. The holy instant is this moment, every moment that I choose it to be. And um, that's the great gift of this call, that I can pause and listen and hear and speak and... Um, and make more real, more and more real, this connection I feel with holiness. And um, that's a real gift. And the other thing I wanted to say is I love the word practice. Uh, you used it, Sandra. And, uh, and I think that's the Holy Spirit's message probably to every heart here that uh, to find that practice, to find that place to express uh, the love of God is um, is a real, I hesitate to use the word special function because special connotes something uh, apart, you know, but um, to find that way to express is just so critical and it's the gift we give each other every morning and I'm so grateful and complete.
Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Priceless. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Lori. I'm with you. Well, I would like to read these couple of paragraphs. So, judge and jury live within your own thoughts. You established your guilt, and now you must dissolve it. Until you undo your guilt, you cannot find your innocence. That is what the forgiveness process is all about. It has nothing to do with forgiving others. It has everything to do with forgiving yourself for establishing your guilt. This is the realm of practice. There is no situation where this work cannot be undertaken. The whole scenario of your life is territory for self-inquiry. Bring your awareness to every thought and every feeling and you will soon find the source of your guilt and your subsequent suffering. No one can escape this work. It is an essential part of the curriculum of awakening. The sooner you realize it, the easier it will be for you. I'm complete. Oh boy, is that straightforward. Who's the author of that? Uh, the book is Love Without Conditions by Paul Farini. It's a wonderful Farini. book. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Straightforward and right to the point. Thank you. Yeah. That, that's why I like it so much because I tend to be kind of very straight point forward and pointed. So I'm complete. That was beautiful. And yet, I agree. Um, you heal your guilt and you are free. You know, it's so bizarre, but... Um, Right now, I'm estranged from my family <laughs> um, through my own decision to just let them off the hook because I was in a place of need and I asked for help and the help didn't come. And so I, I sought it elsewhere, but I let go of, of I, I just let everybody off the hook, but also let go of me trying to, um, uh, me just constantly reaching out, reaching out, reaching out because I'm, I'm the mother, right? I'm supposed, I, thought, I just saw that as my job and I stopped doing that too. So I haven't really heard from anybody in quite some time. But they have, but the, you know, I just love them so much because, you know, they're my loved ones and 
you're the ones who motivate me to do this work. And and honestly, I have no guilt. I've done an inventory on my parenting and on my wifing and all the roles that I played. And I have no guilt. And I'm so grateful to them for, you know, just making me aware of, you know, just, just for being, just for forcing me to be aware. Because if I wasn't aware, I would take their judgments of me personally. I wouldn't have looked deeper and I wouldn't have done my own personal inventory um, with God. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's like when sometimes when things are, look so bad and feel so bad, they can be such a beautiful opportunity for healing. Not sometimes, always. You know, the more, the more I suffer, the more I'm determined and inspired to heal. And I'm, the only, I'm responsible for it, so I can't put that on anybody else because no one else is responsible for it. And, um, and, and just taking that responsibility, I, I, the word freedom for me is, is so linked with responsibility. You can't have one without the other. So um, I'm just so, so grateful for, for all the life experience I've had. And it's, it's been challenging, which I'm sure all of your lives have been challenging because we wouldn't have come to this planet Earth if, it, if we didn't want to challenge so, but I think we're meeting it, and we're awakening, and you know, the, we're being told that the outcome is guaranteed. So, one foot in front of the other, you know, fall on my face, forgive myself, pick myself up, see my innocence, see your innocence, put principles above personalities, and um, it all just works. I'm complete. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) Thanks, Sandra. Yeah, thanks, Sandra. That that returns me solidly to uh, the first line as the real intro to what I wanted to say, what was given me to say, that uh, nothing can hurt you unless you give it the power to do so. And, and then it says, for you give power as laws of this world interpret giving. As you give, you lose. So, and this is the whole, this is the twisted motivation behind projection of guilt that uh, we think we're getting rid of it by placing it on some someone or somebody or some group outside ourselves. But as we, if we, <laughs> as we try to plant that flag over there and they're free, they can do what they want. It's uh, it's just a complete loss of power, and and it's redoubled by this thing of judgment that we would hold against 
first against, like you point out, you know, first against ourselves, then against the other. That's like one point that's become clear to me somewhere. Um, I think it may be in the course of love that it says clearly, as within, so without, and it's not the other way around, right? And so, but we, you know, this is why the world's gone, you know, off, out of kilter, and because uh, we've agreed that this is reality, that we have to, <clears throat> that the power is somehow outside our, and we have to, you know, perfect ourselves and make ourselves immune from judgment or able to overcome any judgment of the world rather than understanding that that, this is like, in 30 it says, what could this be but madness? (laughs) This thing of giving power over to mistakes, really, and uncertainty. Because in reality, it says he, but, you know, this is, everyone else is as free from this as you are. And in the freedom you see in him, you see your own. For this you share. I mean, this is the shared power. Is the power of God, right? And in that, nothing can touch them, those who choose freedom, for they see only this, sharing their power according to the will of God. And the point about the sparrow and the eagle is not to, uh, not to judge or separate, but to understand who has great wings has accepted for themselves the power to share, that giving and receiving is one. And, uh, yes, yeah, so it is, it is our own misbegotten view of the world that creates all the stuff that talked about in the earlier chapters, you know, the, the circle of fire, you know, the wheel of karma that we think we're trapped on, trudging around, trying to avoid mistakes and trying to work it all out in form first rather than within, and then the veil, all the clouds of illusion, which are there, I think, like the... uh, structures of, of the world just to produce, preserve the sense of threat. And all this is doing is just hiding the shared power of, the, of freedom, which is inherent in life itself. So, you know, see then the power of sinlessness within your brother and share with him the power of release from sin you offered him that you know having received we can give and in that giving there's not loss but gain and sharing and so 
Yeah, our power is a shared power, and uh, the willingness to share releases it far beyond, you know, like it says below. You know, don't think that just getting it right with one person is one out of a billion. That releases everyone. It creates the the anchor, if you will, for the new. Each holy relationship must enter here in the Ark of Peace to learn its special function within the Holy Spirit's plan now that it shares his purpose. And as this purpose is fulfilled, a new world rises in which sin can enter not. It doesn't say error doesn't happen. <laughs> it says we're not going to believe it's actually changed anything. And see that error calls for only correction. That's all. And so, in this new world where the Son of God can enter without fear and where he rests a while to forget imprisonment and to remember freedom. But, you know, how can any... How can he enter, enter to rest and remember without you? Except you be there. He is not complete. And it is his completion that he remembers there. So I, I'd really like to thank you all for... Uh, constantly reminding <clears throat> me over the years, I mean, that you know, my holiness is my salvation. <laughs> and that's it. And if you're willing to share it, that's the you you've got the you've got the whole thing right there. You've entered the ark as it as it were. And uh yeah, thanks. I'm complete. Oh, that was just stupendous, annoying. Thank you. Thank you for touching on so many parts of this. Sorry. Our power is a shared power. Thank you, Lemoyne. Let's all lift off together now.
There is so much that must be done before the way to peace is open. Perhaps this seems impossible to you, indeed. But ask yourself if it is possible that God would have a plan for your salvation that does not work. Once you accept his plan as the one function that you would fulfill, there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for you without your effort. That seems to me to be a key idea. Once I accept his plan as the one function that I would fulfill, that has been the rub. It started out before I began studying the Course in Miracles was that I had no idea that God had a plan for my salvation. Uh, I searched everywhere for my salvation. But the chorus has uh, made it clear what his plan is for me. And the one function that I would fulfill. Then there will be nothing else the Holy Spirit will not arrange for me without my effort. He will go before me, making straight my path and leaving in my way no stones to trip on, no obstacles to bar my way. Nothing I need will be denied me. Not one seeming difficulty will, but will melt away before I reach it. I need take no thought for nothing. Careless of everything except the only purpose that I would fulfill. As that was given me, so will it fulfill me be. God's guarantee will hold against all obstacles. For it rests on certainty and not on contingency. It rests on me. And that can, and what can be more certain than a son of God? That's what I have to accept that I am the son of God. I'm not what I've made. 
I'm not what others tell me I am. I am the Holy Son of God. Says elsewhere that nobody can contain my spirit or impose on me a limitation. God created not. I'm so thankful for today's reading and today's lesson. And I'm thankful for the shares. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Your humility and being so authentic really um, is a bridge from from your heart to mine. I'm sure everybody here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harrison. Jennifer. Thank you very much, Harrison. And uh, we have a little time for final relatively short share before we close the recording. And, and more. We're not we're not attached to <laughs> we didn't quite start on time. We can let it go a little ways. <clears throat> Well, this is Jennifer. I'm um, relatively new to the call. I was listening in yesterday, and um, I'm just really looking forward to being on this call. Uh, It's hard to find um, a Course in Miracles group that feels really good, and I really love the repetition, and I love each of your shares. I really connect with each and every one of you, and um, even those that aren't speaking. I'm just really grateful, and this is my path, uh, a course in miracles and a course of love, and um, this is the very most important, um, is my connection with God first, and to have you here and to share that with you all confirms why I came, who I am, and what I'm to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you from my heart to yours. That was beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer. We're so glad you joined us.
Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Glad you like the uh, what they call a stair step reading, where everything is read twice. Or trying to arrange itself, it's offset and emphasized. We read it three times. <laughs> I really love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My eyes fell on the line, the Ark of Peace is entered two by two, and I was thinking, maybe he meant two paragraphs by two paragraphs. <laughs> that, that fits as well. Um, it does give it, give it a chance to, uh, give your mind a chance to adapt to um, his rather particular style in this work, which is... Uh, I think it's intentionally somewhat indirect as, a, as part of the pedagogy or the method of teaching. But he doesn't always, you know, he does some things very explicit, but the application is described a little more openly, so it it can, uh, you know, everyone can apply it to themselves. It's not. It's not. So a lot of the words are not there to be. This is not about creating new laws. This is about fulfilling it by aligning the will and understanding who we really are. Anyway, uh, thank you, Jennifer. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted. Yeah. Thank you, Lamar. I wanted to say one thing that just came to me in regards to what you were uh, saying, Lemoyne, is that it reminds me of the first thought is not my, you know, not my fault, but the second one, and as we, is, is my choice. And I find that when we were reading it the first time, I was like, okay, where am I? How do I feel? What's going on? And then I was like, we're reading a second time. And I thought, oh, okay, if there's, the truth has been, you know, is rising. And that's what I got from that. So thank you. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's, that may be, in fact, this power gives space for, you know, both voices to answer. And as the text says, the ego always speaks first. <laughs> very loudly and a bit you get confusion but uh, you know past that there is there is a real clarity and and even in where he's walking around something rather than going directly in yeah you can consider that second read the pause before you respond. Thank you. It's great observations. Thank you. The arc is here. <laughs>
Hi guys, it's Jude. I um keep singing it. It's, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. <laughs> I am happy, joyous, and free. I have simple things that that keep my mind on the right track, away from the distraction of the ego. Um, going in the right direction. My thoughts in the right direction. And, you know, the power, this idea of power and that knowledge is power and all knowledge and power is of God. Um, you know, and, and that I have one teacher listening to one voice, the teacher of truth, the teacher who knows the truth, the teacher who knows how to teach me the difference between what is true and what is false about me and my mistaken sense of self-appraisal, believing I was an ego, separate thinker, separate mind, separate reality. You know, that takes a lot of undoing, that willingness to, to look at what the Course calls hidden guilty secrets and I only laugh at it now because I've looked at it and I see the illusory nature of it, that it was something that I made up by thinking it was so and finding out the truth that it wasn't so anymore. So I dismissed it as simply meaningless and valueless. And the Course talks about this valuing the truth Putting, putting the truth on the altar of my mind, putting God as truth and knowledge and power on the altar of my mind is my priority, my goal, and accepting only love as being true. And then I will accept nothing else from anyone as being true, that only the truth is true. <laughs> and I didn't even think about the rest of it. It's all an optical illusion. The body was made as as a tool of deception. That I am form. Perception of form is deception. It is the great deceiver, the denial that I am purely spirit and purely mind. The great deception that I deceive myself. I deceive myself when I think I have a body. And I am deceived in my brother when I look at them or my sister as a body. And not purely mind, one mind, a part of my mind, as I am a part of their mind, as one mind in God. Purely consciousness. Purely Christ consciousness, if you need to attach that word to it. But purely mind works for me. Everything is consciousness. Appearing in and seemingly disappearing in, but never going away. Never going anywhere. The whole idea of anything disappearing or appearing is the the nature of the illusion. Anything that's temporal or changes is always in the mind and the heart. 
of the one mind of God. Nothing is ever forgotten. So, where am I basing? Even the idea of where my thinking comes from. Who is the thinker? Who thinks they're thinking? Is the, is the major illusion that I think I am the thinker is the major illusion. <laughs> if only truth is true and nothing else is true, there are no separate thinkers. And that's fundamental, so fundamental. And that everything is mind is fundamental. Basic fundamental, basic fundamental course ideas. There's no matter. There's no duality. It's all consciousness. It's all within the mind. And this praying, praying to entreat for something believes that there's a separate little mini-me that thinks it's lacking something that not everything else has. This whole wholeness in every part and the part in the wholeness is one equal and the same thing. There are no separate parts. There's nothing different in any part of it that doesn't include all of it. How far we've come or not. Freedom is release release from limited the limitations of being confined to limited ideas to name form objects perceiver has the end of perception means the end of perceiving the end of perception which the text speaks of throughout the text means the end of the perceiver Perceiving objects outside of oneself. There's an inner mini-me, and everything is outside of me, and other than me. There is no other than one God. And that's the point. It's a non-dual, choiceless choice. There's nothing to choose between. There's nothing to decide for or against. There's nothing to attack nor defend because there's nothing partial or in part about it. The simple, elegant, obvious necessity of oneness and how it resolves all conflict. There's no conflict when there's only one. I'm just repeating stuff that I've found experientially to be true. I'm complete. Thanks for sharing, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
Okay, anyone else? Because I believe I'm led to the close. It's one you probably may have heard from me before. I think it does speak to uh, this access to our shared power, which I think Judy's speaking of. And all right, I feel that. And uh, so this is from Time and Eternity in Chapter 5, Healing and Wholeness, where it says, Your patience with each other is your patience with yourself. Is not a child of God worth patience? I have shown you infinite patience because my will is that of our Father, from whom I learned of infinite patience. His voice was in me, is in me, as it is in you, speaking for patience towards the sonship in the name of its creator. What you need to learn now is that only infinite patience can produce immediate effect. And I add there, in both the giver and the receiver. This is the way in which time is exchanged for eternity. Infinite patience calls upon infinite love, and by producing results now, it renders time unnecessary. It frees it up so I can, I can pass more peacefully. Um, and I'm complete there. And... <clears throat> I love that. Thank you, Lemoyne. <laughs> perfect. It, perfect. It perfect. has... It is that beautiful thing, you know, your patience with each other is your patience with yourself. <laughs> I mean, the blocks, if love is patience, then the blocks to patience are blocks to awareness of love and this granting of freedom into to enter into our shared power. Um, so I, I'm going to ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic close for this call? I don't. <laughs> okay, I didn't want to push. I realized, oh, today I'm putting her on the spot. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I, is, I mean, Mary Oliver, the gift is, is still just perfect. Oh, repeat that, yeah. Oh, should I? I will. Oh yeah. Uh, let me. The gift. Yes, <laughs> I could say it by heart. I liked it so much. <laughs> Go ahead. Be still, my soul, and steadfast. Earth and heaven both are still watching, though time is drained from the clock, and your walk that was confident and quick has become slow. So be slow if you must, but let the heart still play its true part. Love still is once you loved deeply and without patience. Let God and the world know that you are grateful that the gift has been given. 
Amen. 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 Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. It's a great call. <laughs> I loved it so much because it said without patience. <laughs> <laughs> love so deeply without patience for it to be returned knowing that oh god so knowing that (laughs) you are not alone dude (laughs) yeah gratitude does that doesn't it thank you it definitely picks up the slack All right, well, um, we'll end the recording here, but not the call, so we'll continue to the next top of the hour. We're in the course of love call again. Thanks for being here, everybody who read and everybody who listened, everybody who's listening later. Blessed.